Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today, we have a panelist uh, that has quite a history in the military and in the civilian life for things that he has done for not, not only veterans, but also just the general population of people that surround him. And that's Victor Legrone. He's a U.S. Army intelligence analyst, 35 hotel, a veteran and director of strategic partnerships and alliances, diversity and inclusion veterans advisor, greater Los Angeles area. Uh, so so much of a pleasure to have you here, Victor. And he's going to be talking about preserving the legacy of service for African American veterans. Victor, Victor, Victor. Good to hear, hear from you and see you. <laughs> Good to see you as well, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about this. What What are you trying to do, and why is it so important to preserve our African American veterans' history? You know, so. I think I could start in the beginning, right? Um, I'm the eighth person in my family to serve in the military. Mm. And, you know, for me, that doesn't mean anything special. It was just my turn, right? right. Um, but, this, you know, my father was a Vietnam guy. Grandfather was a World War II veteran. Uh, my grandfather's uncle was a World War One vet. So um, my family is uh, reflective of many families in the black community. Right. When the nation has called, no matter what condition in which they were treating us in, uh, we've always fought for the opportunity to fight for freedom, even when that same freedom was denied us. And for me, you know, I recognize, especially after getting out of the military, that there's so many rich aspects to our history and our service that we just weren't preserving and making sure that we were passing on to the younger community in a general sense. And having the opportunity to speak to junior ROTC cadets in our high schools in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, I would talk to them about the Montfort Point Marines, the Triple Nickel, mm-hmm. and so many other organizations. They were like, wow, you know, tell us more about that. You know, I mean, yeah, they've heard about the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. But in one case, I said to them, I said, well, you know, what do you think is the most interesting thing you've ever heard about Harold Washington? And they said, well, you know, the library is named after him. Or there's a community college named after him. Right? He was the first black mayor. And he said, all of those things are true. I said, but did you know he was a World War II veteran? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, I didn't know that. No one ever told me that. And for Chicago to be his home, mm-hmm. that's one of the most important aspects of his history when you think about it. Yeah. Because Harold Washington often said, if not for the fact that I served in the military, earned my GI Bill benefits, that allowed me to go to school, become a lawyer, and serve as a public servant. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was really the foundation for his public service after the military. And it's important that we preserve that type of history because it's ours and it's rich. So, um, you know, I'm excited about doing that work and partnering with other organizations and telling these stories because I think it's necessary. Yeah. You know, that's really, uh, really profound what you said, uh, Victor, uh, because you were making me think that, you know, with Howard Washington and with many of our service members, that training, uh, that discipline that they developed carries over into civilian life. And we now talk about, you know, people transitioning from active duty, you know, to civilian life. And uh, that is a really important point for people to realize that 
um, many of the things that they picked up those skills in the military are actually translatable into real life situations. And this, and part of our nation, you know, nation building was based on those uh, service members coming back and uh, you know giving back to this country. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. There's still so many firsts, right? Yeah, yeah. I just saw my old division commander um, being uh, appointed as the first ever black secretary of defense. Yeah. And for me ah. to see that we're still having first, right? Yes. <laughs> to see, you know, General Lloyd Austin become the first black secretary of defense tells me that we still, number one, have a lot of work to do. Yeah. But that's still a part of a continuation, if you will, of our story. Yes. Right. Yes. So so to see that achievement is important. But most importantly, you know, as we look at the next generation of public servants, I want them to understand that they still they stand on broad shoulders. Yeah. Right. There's greatness, in, especially in a city like Chicago. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's always been said you've got Navy Pier mm-hmm. and Soldier Field. But in Bronzeville, we've got we've got history, too. Yeah. A testament to our service. And kids drive past that statue every day. Parents drive it past it every day. And I'm not certain that they understand what it represents. So mm-hmm. we've got to tell that story in a very broad, comprehensive way. Um, we're looking forward to partnering with people like the Sabo Museum and the Museum of National uh, African-American History here in D.C. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of good work that we're going to be doing, and, and I'm excited about it. Oh, you should be. I mean, and you know, you just put, touched on another point that I think is really important to understand uh, is that we are not, history is not something in a distant past. We are making history today. We're making history that's going to be tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. So history is something that unfolds over time that we are actively a part of as uh, as we going forward. And it's, you know, we go back all the way to Crispus Attucks, right? <laughs> with, right. Um, you know, with the Revolutionary War. So tell us a little bit about who, who do you think we should be highlighting throughout this historical sequence? Because we've had so many people, you know, that have come right. through. <laughs> well, you know, so when I worked uh, for the mayor's office as the director of Veterans Affairs for Chicago, right. one of the things that I found important was that when I found out that the Montford Point Marines, who were still alive from World War II, had never been honored by the city, never been recognized for their service, you know, I brought it to the mayor's attention. We brought them in. We had a special session at city council. Everyone in city council took turns acknowledging them, recognizing them. And that's important because those are the places that we have to start. Yeah. Each and every veteran who has been around since World War II, Korean War, and so on, they are living libraries, Yes, right? These are historical figures mm-hmm. that when we lose them, we don't get them back. So the place I love to start is at the beginning, right? So talking to the people. When, when someone says to me, hey, I, you know, I was the first black mm-hmm. anything, it gets my attention because, you know, quite frankly, no one wants to be the first black anything. You know, that first black sailor, marine, airman, soldier, they, they caught hell just to get the ability to wear that uniform. And many of them caught hell when they came home with it, right? Right. My grandfather, when he came home from World War II, people told him, like, hey, you know, if you're going to the South, don't, don't let them catch you in that uniform or they'll hang you. Yeah. And yeah. to hear that, mm-hmm. that, that you risked your life abroad, you, you worked your way to get back home, and to know that your service can cost you your life back in the States is a testament to the intestinal fortitude 
that our forefathers, so to speak, shared and embraced. So where we want to start is with those older organizations, but also um, building a network, if you will, on how we support newer organizations that support our veterans, help them become homeowners, start businesses, use their GI bills to pursue their education. Um, all of that's vital for us because at the end of the day, um, our history can only be preserved by us if we do the work. Because if someone else does it, they will tell a version of our history that will make them look favorable. Yes. Right. And, right. and that's not the total truth. And, um, you know, I think back on when uh, General Honore came to Chicago yes, yes. and we had a great conversation with him and he had the junior ROTC cadets in the, in the building. He said, you guys are the future of our service. Right. And I often tell people I'm today. I'm not the future. The young people are. But if we don't arm them with the truth, we don't give them their history. Yes. You know, what what empowerment are they going to have when times get rough? when people doubt their abilities and skills. So you know, I think it's, it's, it's incumbent on us to bring the right partners to the table, like you know, the Black Veteran Project, for example. They do an excellent job of encapsulating um, historical facts about Black veterans, mm-hmm. but also making sure that we're sharing it and archiving it in a way that people can have access to it. Yes. So that's where some of the work is going to start. Um, I'm excited about the fact that we can have those kinds of partners on the radio and talk about those experiences. Um, I look forward to getting more um, African-American veterans to come out to Congress, get their information captured in the Library of Congress, because at the, at the end of the day, right, um, our traditions are critical and they're important. You know, just like we had the Green Book that taught us and helped us understand how to get to and from safely. Yes. We need a Green Book today, hmm. right, on how to get to and fro safely. And whether you're wearing the uniform or you're not, um, it's important and it's vital that you have a good sense of yourself that oh, allows yeah. you to move forward. So it's really great work, man. And, and I'm excited to have good partners, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, people like you. Mm-hmm. You were one of my public health godfathers. <laughs> you know, I would talk to you and Terry Mason and, and, and Eric Whitaker and, yeah. and Joe Harrington. And you guys gave us food, but you gave us perspective, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think that's important as we move forward as a community. Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the things that you were uh, mentioning with, uh, you know, General Honore, um, I mean, and and it's just really, it's a testament to uh, how important, uh, you know, black veterans are. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, when our capital was being uh, placed under an insurrection, a siege of our really, our constitution and our governmental foundation, uh, you know, asked General Honore to come in to help. <laughs> to, right. to make sure the capital plea, all those things were going the correct way. And uh, we've played vital roles in this history of this country from the very inception. And so that's really uh, an ex- uh, you know, a really important point to, to bring up. And so, you know, as we're doing this, what, what can um, we do to make sure that we are letting our, um, of, you know, people who are in legislative roles and, and have those, and even in the institutional roles for school, you know, education and schools, that that is integrated into the educational system and also into legislative, um, you know, uh, funding and making sure that these things can actually be supported because it's so vital. Right. So, you know, I, I think those are very important questions. Um, on the local level, mm-hmm. part of what we need to do is engage the Black Caucus on the state level and say, hey, 
um, we are national treasures. We still have people within our communities, you know, the Black Wax, for example, who were the women who served during World War II. There's a few of them still around that we need to be holding up and lifting up, right? Um, One of the things that I have been pushing for is a recognition award for service in Harold Washington's name. For those exemplary veterans out there who are doing great work every single day, helping the community, leading in so many different ways, I think those folks need to be recognized, and why not do it in the name of someone like like Harold Washington? Uh, the, the legislative piece is that we need every legislator who asks us for our vote to in turn reciprocate by supporting initiatives that support black veterans in particular, right? Yes. All of our veterans, listen, when we go forward, we serve with everybody. We fight with everybody. We risk our lives with everybody. And it's important to acknowledge and recognize that. But when we come home, we come back to the communities we left. And when we do so, it's important that we're able to leverage those skills that veterans bring back with them. So many people talk about, well, you know, veterans need help. But guess what? You know who's helping veterans every day? Other veterans. (laughs) Right? Right in their communities. So I ask people, hey, when you find your dad or your mother's or, you know, your grandparents' uniforms, for example, or letters, share that with people. Take a picture of it. Post it. Tell that story. Mm-hmm. Allow people to tell those stories at schools to other kids because kids need to hear this stuff, right? They don't need to just hear certain things. They need to have a balanced perspective on what real service and servitude looks like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in order for us to have the richness of our history, preserved. It's got to be done legislatively. It has to be done um, politically, but also socially. Um, And and the education system is another place because, again, I go back to Harold Washington, right? Mm -hmm. He took full advantage of earning that GI Bill and then utilizing it. So there's something to be said about that, right? We have a college at UIC that Mm -hmm. really is there because of the GI Bill. Yes. And many people don't know that, right? Mm -hmm. But if that school is there for that purpose, then my question is, how many of those veterans attending are African-American? Yes. How many of them are from the communities, the south and west side of Chicago? And what is it UIC could do better to better integrate them, right? How yes. do we make sure that Chicago State and city colleges are a good landing place for our student veterans when they look to get reacclimated back into the community? So there's a lot of work we can do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who can play a part. But it starts with discussions like this, Yes. right? Um, we've had some really great um, opportunities. I had the privilege to testify um, with the House Senate Veterans Affairs Committee about a month ago. Yes. And part of what I was talking about was the underutilization mm-hmm. of benefits for African-American veterans and how some black veterans have been discouraged from using these benefits. Yes, right. Yes, yes. We yes. have veterans in communities working hard every single day. But many of them have not been told you can use these same benefits to own a home in that community, to start a business in that community, to get an education in that community. And that's important because now we can build generational wealth. And that's where we lag behind other other groups. Right. When we start thinking through what we pass on to our young people, you know, I'm sure your children know some of these things because you are an actively engaged father. But other kids or other fathers may not have, or mothers, right, have, may not have been formally informed about their benefits. Mm-hmm. They may not have been told what new changes have come about from benefits because the VA has not used the right um, cultural competency in their outreach to ensure that they're engaging our community. Uh, so there's a lot of people we got to get in, involved. 
Uh, there's a lot of folks doing this work, and we're going to make sure that this is not just in Chicago, but it's a national effort. So it's, it's going to be great, man. Yeah, that's fantastic because I, I know you've been doing a lot of great work, Victor. You know, um, I've been an admirer of yours for some years, too. You, you're doing a lot in the community. Uh, you have people like Eli Williamson who's out there. <laughs> um, Absolutely. You know, another Intel person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you have, you have people doing a lot of great things out there. But um, one of the things that, um, I, you know, I, I really wish um, that they would really push more is um, having some kind of thing, like you said, with this recognition of uh, people who um, were, you know, serving, but while they're living, too. Uh, we, right. we have a tendency to look back, but people like General Honore, who I think should get his fourth and maybe even fifth star, <laughs> you know, um, granted to him. Uh, but you have other people who are doing things like the, you know, um, the new commanders you were talking about. And, you know, I, I just feel like we have a history, a wealth of history that is very, very um, motivated. We, you know, coming out of the Army was really the first one of the first places to integrate. And that is something that we should keep right. a, keep alive. It should be at the forefront of, you know, cultural change, not at behind, lagging behind. <laughs> You know, if you think about it from a historical context, mm -hmm. the military was actually the first place to integrate mm -hmm. before society, right? right? Yes, before yes. work, before restaurants, before uh, academic institutions. The Army has started integrating well before any other group. And it may have been done out of necessity, and it may not have been done out of necessity. But the point is, is that <laughs> it, be, it became a catalyst for everyone else to follow. Um, at that time, there was no Air Force. It was an Army Air Corps and the Army. Yes. So those two really together as one organization started the integration, which is how we got the Tuskegee Airmen experience, um, because that was actually an experiment. <laughs> they said, we're going to see if these blacks are smart enough to study enough to pass these tests to get an opportunity to fly. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and then when you think about it today, you, we fly, we get on the planes, we go wherever we go. We're used to seeing black pilots. Yes. Imagine a time where you had never seen a black pilot. At all, right. <laughs> at all, anywhere. Mm -hmm. And one day you see a group of black pilots, right? Yes. How yes. amazing was that <laughs> and the impact that it had on other people, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, it gives us great perspective, that rich history. But it's got to be captured. And you're right. We do need to start acknowledging people and recognizing them before they leave us, mm -hmm. because I think that's vital. And that's why I always try to give uh, the utmost credit to those World War II groups. Yeah. You know, um, the Panther Tank Brigade Battalion, mm -hmm. who was an all-black tanker battalion, mm -hmm. who fought in World War II, who had a minimal amount of support, but had significant missions. They weren't integrated, so they didn't have other larger white units to support them. Think about what that looks like, right? Right. Um, right. I was reading a book about Soul Patrol. It was a book mm -hmm. by a Vietnam veteran who talked about an uh, all-black long-range reconnaissance unit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. We still were having all-black, barely, yes. you know, supported groups who were out there paving the way for other future special operators who were black, mm -hmm. right? Right. And again, right, these, these are very, on the surface, very fragmented, separate stories, but they talk about the mosaic mm -hmm. of who we are, where we've been, and what we've done. So you're right. You know, we do need to, you know, hold people like uh, General Honore up 
so that they can be seen and recognized. Um, I don't want there to only be one Colin Powell. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. That's and right. for so That's long, right. there's only been one Colin Powell. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, General Austin is another step in that right direction, but it can't be twos and fews. Yeah. Yes. So we do have to demand more of legislators. Um, you know, we do have to demand of the city of Chicago to say, hey. You used to have an office of Veterans Affairs. Where is that office? Why are veterans no longer a priority? Right? That's right. Um, That's we right. have we have served this city with great honor. We have served abroad and then brought Chicago flavor to other countries. You know, we brought jazz and blues and dancing to mm-hmm. Paris during World War II and, and to Korea during the Korean War and, and Vietnam and so on. You know, wherever Chicagoans go, as you know, yeah. they take everything Chicago with them. Yeah, right? right, our food, our, our language, our style, and that's important. Yeah. It really is important because that's a part of your identity. So as you start thinking about bringing all of these groups and cities and organizations together, mm-hmm. um, this is going to be how we uh, solidify our presence. So yeah. it, it's going to be great. Yeah, because you know one of the things when you were talking about the Tuskegee Airmen too. Uh, you know, a lot of the people who were flying planes were, you know, younger people who were cro- crop dusters on farms and that kind of thing. But, you know, a lot of the Tuskegee Airmen actually were academically in colleges or they were physicians. They were people who had understood mathematics and they were outstanding. It, you know, and, and it's like always we have to go through a higher hurdle to get someplace, right? <laughs> So Absolutely. you can have a farm person coming in and they say, oh, they can, they can teach this uh, this guy from the farm. But when it comes right. to a, a black service member, oh, we have to wonder if, you know, they can handle. They were excellent. They were a precision uh, group. And so, uh, you know, for those people, I'm just saying that because for those people who are in school right now, the young people who are coming up, you need to be uh, understanding that you have the potential of a Tuskegee Airman in you that you need to be studying and, and following what your profession is, whatever you choose it to be, to make sure that you put, put yourself fully into it, just like they did. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think what it also tells young people is that there's nothing you can't accomplish. That's right. That's right. Because someone just like you did it. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I think that empowered me when I was young. Uh-huh. Um, it certainly empowered me when I was, you know, in, in the military Right. Going to training. When I got in, got to intelligence school, I was one of two guys in my company. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and we were roommates, you know, so we made sure yeah. that we were on top of our PT. We worked out every day. Yes. But we also studied together every single day for five and a half months. Yes. He and I were, were brothers in the room every single day because mm-hmm. we knew we we had no margin of failure. Of ever. Yeah, that's right. Because if right. we failed, then... They're, they're not two more guys coming through the door. Right. That's right. Fail. That's right. That's right. You know, it's an honor and, to be you know, in that this, position. Yeah. One hundred percent. Absolutely. So okay, we're running know, this down was in the early 2000s. Okay, we're running low on time. But is there any way people yes, can can get in touch with you or the, the website they can go to or something to get sure. connected to your movement? Yeah. So um, you could go to um, Black Veterans Emp- Empowerment mm-hmm. Council. Dot mm-hmm. org. And you can also um, engage some of our partner organizations, the Black Veterans for Social Justice, um, the National Association of Black Vets, NABVET, the National Association of Black Military Women, as well as the Black Veteran Project, um, Warrior Summit Coalition, and also American Legion Post 740 here in Chicago. Okay. Because we've got so many partners we work with. Um, I belong to all of those organizations in some fashion. 
So uh, reach out to us, share your information and stories. We're, we're happy to hear from other veterans and what they're doing and to impact their communities as well. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.